Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I always like to pray before we jump into the Word, so I'm going to have my wife pray uh, as we jump into So go ahead and jump into prayer for us. Yes, I'm going to pray, but before I pray, I was back there and I was listening to worship and I was in worship, and um, in the worship, it talked about let's not just get caught up in just the motion, you know? And so tonight, I really believe that we don't, we're not just going to get caught up in the motion of things, the mundaneness of, oh, you know, I'm walking with God. I got to, I got to sit in midweek. That's what I do because that's what I always do. No, I believe that tonight that God, that Jesus wants to have a moment with you. So I'm going to ask you, can Jesus have a moment with you tonight? Can he have a moment with you? Can he have a moment with your heart and can you have that forever? You know, I have been guilty of that. And so I am just praying tonight that you have a moment with Jesus. So don't worry, the dishes will get washed. If you don't have a dishwasher, ask your husband, hey husband, if you wash the dishes, let me ha- let me tell you what's gonna happen tonight. <laughs> but, if not, but if not, hey, you got kids, I don't know, but the dishes will get washed. Put down whatever you're doing, put aside the distractions and just sit down and let's have a moment with Jesus tonight, okay? So let's just go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for this night, Lord. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that we set aside all distractions, Father, that your Holy Spirit just fill us and that we just have a moment with you, God. Oh, how we love you, Father. And I just pray that we don't put anything else before you, God. That we don't put other voices before you. That we don't put other things before you, God. That we don't put... um even baseball before you, God, all those things, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, tonight that we just have a moment with you, God. So fill this place, fill the homes, fill their cars, wherever they're at tonight. I pray your Holy Spirit speak to them, breathe upon them, Father. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. 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 Amen and amen. I don't put baseball before you, but go Dodgers. Let's go. (laughs) Anyways, get back on track for me. Sorry, I got distracted there. But we're jumping into Ephesians chapter 4. We've covered uh, quite, quite a bit. Uh, we've been going through Ephesians, like I said, and we're starting off at verse 25. But before I do, I want to make sure that just uh, that we remember, you know, contextually, like where we're at. You know, the first three chapters of Ephesians uh, have been really awesome. Paul was speaking to the Ephesian church, the, the church of Ephesus, and, and letting them know about all the things that God has done for us. You know, how amazing God is and, and telling us about how, how wide, how long, how deep, how high the, his love for us is. And then he goes on to tell us about the mysteries of God and how some of the things that, that, that we can imagine. God even goes past that according to the power that's within us, which is so awesome. And then, and then he goes from those three chapters into chapter four to let us know, okay, what do we do with that? What do we do with all the things that God has done for us and how we did this for us first? He didn't wait for us to act first. He said, I'm going to act first because I love them so much. And uh, I'm going to do it for them. And then, okay, now that I have done it for them, I'm going to send a man of God like Paul to, to let them know how, how and what to do with this. So that's where we're at right now. Chapter 4, we've been studying it. We've been going over it. And it's been telling us how we're to walk in unity, how to walk in relationship with one another, and how to continue that. Now, as we pick up in verse 25, um, I love 
because Paul just finished talking about the new man, the, the scriptures before that were taught last week by Pastor Brian and Alyssa, which they did an amazing, amazing job talking about the new man in Christ. And, and he starts to tell us, okay, this is how you handle situations as a new man. Don't some of us need to know how to handle certain situations as a new man or new woman in Christ? Yes. Come on. Because the truth is sometimes our hearts change. But our minds and our actions don't quite catch up to the the immediate change that our heart has. And we have the instruction of the word to teach us that. And the word is there to to help us renew our minds as it is to to Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is what we're doing as we go into the Bible studies. Uh, This is what we're doing uh, as Paul teaches this to the Ephesians church. This is what he's doing. He's helping them transform their mind. And and this is what we're doing right now together because we're part of this too. Though we're leading it, our minds are being transformed as well. So this is where we're at in scriptures. So let us jump into and let's continue to, to see how is that ha- handled and you know one of the cool things like I know I keep saying jump into the scriptures but I keep you know my sidetrack here uh, you know but I really do have some some other things here to say but um, the cool thing about this is is Paul's going to show us how to handle tough situations uh, tough re- situations relationally that's what we're going to talk about because we're talking about unity and uh, he's going to say this is how you handle it okay and then and then he's going to help us to along and this is going to help us with our relationships in crucial conversations that we possibly need to have, tense situations, because we all have tense situations. So this is where we're at now. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Let's jump in. There's a lot to unpack here, and I'm super excited for what God has placed on our hearts to share with you. And I'm going to read it, and then we'll jump right into it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Uh, it says this, Therefore, putting away lying. I'm going to stop right there. I know I could have I could have gone more, but there's so much right here that's left to unpack. And I know my wife knows smiling because she knows there is. I could have stopped at therefore, okay? I really could have, and uh, and I said, you know what? That's too short. Let me give the other uh, few words to stop at as well, and before we stop. But therefore is in reference is always in reference to when you see in scripture, you always hear the preacher say, when you ever see therefore, you got to know what it's there for, right? You always heard that. Well, therefore is is there in reference to what has taken place and what has already been said in the previous scriptures as it is, we are a new man. So you are a new man, you are a new woman in Christ, so therefore, okay? So that is what it's from. That's the, the, the perspective that we are to take on as a new person in Christ. Therefore, as a new person in Christ, the Bible says, putting away lying. Now, putting away in the Greek is made up of two words. I looked at the etymology, and it's made up of two words here. It made, it made up the word apo and tethemi. Apo meaning of separation. So apo, separation, and tethemi meaning to set, put, or put in place. Now, lying in the Greek, so we all have a, a basic understanding of what exactly we're talking about here. Because I know some, some of us may think like, oh, well, maybe this is lying, maybe that's lying. I'm going to set it all right now, a plain definition, so that we can understand what we're talking about when it comes to lying. The meaning of this in the Greek, pseudos, means conscious and intentional falsehood. Any type of conscious or intentional falsehood of, of presenting of some type of information to a person or maybe to yourself, because some of the times we talk to ourselves and we can talk ourselves, you know, uh, into, into believing some of the lies that maybe that we shouldn't be believing uh, about our own selves. But the point here that I want to make, the, the, there must be a place of separation between you, the new person in Christ, and the old person in Christ with the lying. Now, 
you know, like, well, that's kind of like a, a, a defined thing about lying uh, and as it, it's in comparison to the new person. And, you know, it, it kind of is because that's the first thing that went into my mind. But when you become a new person, everything that you thought of as an old person, as the old you that does not align with the word of God and you as a new person in Christ is a lie. It's a lie. So you have to separate yourself from that old person. You have to renew your mind and who you are in Christ because that's what Paul's telling us to do. So it's super important that we understand that we have to separate ourselves from the old self, the, the part that would lie or the part that, that is a lie now to who our new self is. Can I get an amen on there? On the comment box. So go ahead and put that there. So two things that I want you to, to say. Say it in your, in, your, in your room to the person next to you, what have you. You could put it in the comments. I see you in the comments over here. You guys are, are amazing. You guys are amazing. Love you guys. I want you to, to say this. Put on and put away. Put on and put away. Put on and put away. You can put it in the comment box. You know, uh, and put on and put it away because these two things are what we need to put at the forefront of when we are approaching these scriptures and when we're approaching life. The previous scriptures prior to 25 is put on the new man. Put on the new man and put away the old self. Put away all the lying away from you, away from you. Because it's simple to want to still believe the old things, uh, you know, in our life that don't align with the word of God. So as intentional as we can be with lying, we have to be that much and more with separating it from ourselves. What do you think, honey? <laughs> yes, that was so good. Um, definitely, because I remember when uh, we came to Christ, when I came, um, you know, uh, this was all super new for me to give my life to Christ. And I was like, okay, what is this all about? Christianity and things like that. Um, I thought it was like a, a perfection, like I had to be perfect and all these things. And so, um, but that was the uh, a lie I told myself because nobody said that, <laughs> you know, that was something I was lying to myself. And I know you guys heard this, but, you know, it's not so much. We don't want to give, sometimes we give the devil too much credit. That's what Pastor always says, you know. That's true. And I literally was myself saying all these things. And so as I came to Christ and as I got to learn more about and reading in his word and things like that, you know, I, I learned that, you know, the devil was telling me a lot of lies and I was telling myself a lot of lies. Lies because of, of my past. I thought that I couldn't be renewed. I thought that I had to live in this because I had sin entering into my Christianity. And so I thought that's just a part of me and that's who I always am going to be. But that is not truth, you know. And so as I continue to read my word and things like that, you know, actually as we were studying this, I was like, okay, I want to get into depth more and get to know more about lying, you know, like yeah. what does God's word say about lying? And then I found this scripture, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, that says, there are six things the Lord hates. Hates, okay? The word hates. That's heavy right there. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> word. Or that's a word, okay? Seven that are detestable to him. And it says, haughty eyes. If you don't know what haughty is, I had to look it up too. I Googled it. <laughs> Arrogant <laughs> or superior. So he don't like it if you think that you're better than others, okay? So don't try to be arrogant. Um, a lying tongue. He hates a lying tongue. Hands that shred innocent blood. 
feet that are, are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. And I was like, whoa, that's heavy right there because it says that the Lord hates lies. He hates a lying tongue. So he does not want us to lie. And then I looked up Proverbs 12, 22 that says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. So I was That's like, good. okay, really the good. Lord doesn't want me to lie. So if he tells me, hey, should I wear this shirt? It looks good. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I really like dug deep into like, you know, um, into lying. And I know sometimes we talk about, he talked about white lies, you know, and small it's the those? small lies, you know, but it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So we don't want even the white lies. We need to get rid of those. We, we can't, we need to, it says in here, but he delights in those who tell the truth. You know, um, I even read, there's a story in the Bible about Ananias and Sapphira. And it talks about how, you know, they had all this money. They had all this money and um, uh, because they sold their land. And so they had all this money. And then when um, uh, Peter came up to them and he was like, hey, so do you guys have all this, you know, have the money? And she was like, yeah, we have all the money, but they lied and they didn't have the money. They kept some for themselves. And in that moment, they not only lied to Peter, but they lied to the Holy Spirit and bam, they were dead. I was like, oh, I was like shook after this. <laughs> like, oh. And so I was like, and that's just a reminder how God, just, the Lord just detests lying. But, you know, um, and, and, and I believe the reason why he detested so much is because of the devil. In John 8, 44, we're talking about the devil in this verse, okay? It says, you belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So if the enemy is the father of lies, lying is a descendant of evil as it is the offspring of the enemy. So how do you defeat the lies of the enemy? What does the word of God say? So I was like, okay, so he doesn't like us lying. The devil's a liar and he's the father of lies. Like I'm not hanging out with the son of lying. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so I was like, okay, Lord, like, you know, so I don't, if I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, a liar. I don't want to, I don't want you to detest me. I don't want you to hate that, you know? And so I looked up and I, you know, we have, you know, words in the word, the book of Proverbs 15, four says gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit, but also Proverbs 18, 4 says, a person's word can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are refreshing as a bubbling brook. So if you're like, how do I combat lying? Or how do I stop lying? You know, this is what the word of God says. Speak truth because Amen. he is the Amen. way. He is the truth and he is the life. And, and that God is the way. And so anything that you need to go to is through him. He is the truth. You don't need to lie. You don't, I believe some people they are stuck feeling like they are lying so much that what they're saying they believe is true that they don't even realize that they're lying but God like in his word says he detests uh, the lying and so just speak truth what is truth 
The word of God is truth. If you want to know the yes, truth about yourself, yes, is. this is truth. What the devil is telling you is not truth. The devil tells us lies all the time. If I was, if I believe the devil, I wouldn't be here. Right. If I believe the devil, we wouldn't be married. If I believe the devil, I wouldn't ever graduated college. If I believe the devil, I'd be a single mom because I didn't trust. You know, if I believe the devil, you know, I would, I don't know where I would be, but because I believe in this, I believe in God's truth. So good. That has so sustained good. me and that has set the course for the trajectory of my life. That is so good. That is so good. You guys need to put amen up there. Come on. Let me see people saying amen. Come on, Jess. Good to see you on there. Anthony saying amen too. There's a bunch of people saying amen. That was so good. Thank you, honey. Like there's so much that she covered there and there's so much that I, that I want to add too. I'm going to add, but what she said was just, was just amazing. It's all summed up in this one point that I have right here. It says, and this point that I put down, it says, lying has no place in a believer's life. It has no place in a believer's life. The only way that lying has a place in our life is if we allow it to, okay? If I allow it to have a place in my life, uh, then it's going to have a place in my life. If you allow it to have a place in your life, then it's going to have a place in your life. We should leave no space for lying in our lives. The Lord detests it. He hates it. My wife already said all that. You want to be as far away from lying as you possibly can. And uh, some, of, some of you teenagers and junior hires like, oh, man, I was telling my mom and dad this the other day. That's okay. The Lord forgives. Okay? He forgives. But from this day forward, come on, remove lying from your life because it's not going to add any, any type of value. And now I know maybe some of you may be saying, like, I find uh, myself having a problem with lying or, or maybe you don't, you don't you know, don't know how to handle it. Well, let me tell you, you don't have a lying problem. You don't. You have a space problem. You're giving, giving lying space in your life. So when you go to prayer and you're saying, God, take away lying from me. And, and, and I'm not trying to, to make small of your prayers, but, but the, the Bible says in the book of James, the effective prayer uh, of a righteous man availeth much. So it, maybe we just need to be a more effective. Lord, uh, uh, you know, I give you the line that is in my life the space that I created for it, Lord, I give it to you and I ask you to replace it with your love, your power, your grace, and your Holy Spirit so it leaves no more room or more space for it in my life. Okay, and it's a process. I know sometimes it can be a little bit tough. It can be a little bit hard, you know, as you go through it and maybe you stumble and maybe you do, you're a person, maybe that, 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 maybe that white lies is just something that you do and, and maybe, it, you know, those white lies because they're so small, you may think they're so minuscule, they don't matter, but they do. Um, it's a process. I continue to give it up to God. Say, God, I do have this in my life. Don't try to deny it because when you deny it, then, then there's nothing that God can do about it. You must confess it unto, unto him. You know, and I, I would even say confess it unto, unto someone you can be accountable to and let them know this is something that's in my life yeah. so that you can be healed from that and you don't have to, to, to say any more lies or feel like you need to say, say more lies. The line needs to be removed from you. It needs to be removed from our lives. Uh, it needs to be taken, uh, taken away. Um, you know, we have to take it away and remove it from our lives because God, God cannot take away from you what you give space to in your life. It's kind of like the, uh, relationship-wise, I guess, the, 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 the girl that keeps going back to that ex-boyfriend that she shouldn't be going back to, but say praying him away. Well, if you keep going back to him, it's not, it's not, he's not going to go away, 
right? It's just, it's not going to happen. Same thing. We can't come to God and say, God, take this away from me, but we go back to it every single time. We have to remove the space that was, it was in and ask God to, to fill that space uh, even more. The topic, topic of lying is important to us as a believer, new in Christ, because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, is anyone in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new, so you are a new person, okay? So we have to remove the lying, the things that speak up against the word of God, the things of the old self that were once was, no longer are because you're brand new. We have to, we have to, we have to take on that new uh, persona, the new, put on the new self, as the Bible says. Colossians 3, 9 through 10 also says, do not lie to one another, okay? Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. There it is. You've put off the old man once you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life. And verse 10 says, I have put on the new man, put on and put away. You have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. What a beautiful thing. It says it right there too. We put him on. So we're putting him on, put on the new man. The Bible tells us to put away lies, which is the old self and, and the, the old ways that lie against the new man that we are. And you also mentioned small lies, the white lies. You know, and, and all lies are the same. You know, white, white lies aren't good. You have something to say? Yeah, like uh, after hearing you share all that, it reminded me so much of um, there's this story about um, our daughter Mia, actually. And so, uh, you know, we are her parents. <laughs> so, but just like Jesus, we are, you know, uh, he is a father to his daughter and our Heavenly Father is a parent to us. And so um, I remember this time she shared with me that she had went to go see a movie with her friends. And so she was like, yeah, mom, you know, like my friends wanted me to see another movie and so uh, she was like you know guys I can't I can't see that movie and um they were like why who cares like your parents aren't here you know they won't know and she's like I can't lie to my parents they trust me you know and she said that some parents were behind her and they were like wow that's good <laughs> like you know that is so awesome but I love how it says when it says, but he, the Lord delights in those who tell the truth. And what that builds is trust within our heavenly father. You know, so I'm like, you know, if we tell the truth, I'm sure the Lord delights in it and he trusts us. It says those who are faithful with little will be given much. And so if the Lord just so knows good. that he can trust us with yeah. the truth, imagine what doors that he is going to open into our life. Because what yes. are we going to do with his truth? What are we going to do? with the truth that he gives us are we gonna we can either do two things speak truth or we can tell lies and the and the lord's not going to trust us with lies if we're going around spreading lies and not telling the truth and the word of god and telling who he is and so that's why i right now i just got a uh i just felt that in my spirit that you know um that God is just like, you know, he wants to trust us. That's like we want to trust our daughter. And because we trusted her and that she even told us that story, what happened? We opened more opportunity to give her to be able to do more things because I was like, we can trust her because mm -hmm. she had an opportunity to do something that she wasn't supposed to do. Right. And she decided to be truthful and honest and continue to do what, what 
she was, well, she, she was abiding by our rules, you know, and so much, it's, it's obedience, you know, we say obedience unlocks so many things in our life, and because of that, my daughter is a great example, she's not perfect, but because she's been so truthful and honest with us, she has unlocked so many things in her life because of her obedience, things that my husband and I, we haven't even seen in our own lives, you know, but for her, we get to see that God has unlocked favor in her life, God has um, opened doors that we could, no man could open. God has just done an outpouring on her, even in moments where, where uh, she struggled to remember. Uh, she was like, there's a moment she came, Mom and Dad, I can't feel God. You know, I can't feel him. Yeah. I just want him to touch me, and I can't feel him. And she was struggling, and it was so hard for us as parents, you know, because we know, too, like, we don't always feel God. You know, I don't feel him like this, like we feel each other, you know. So uh, I remember, like, okay, let's pray, Mia. We're in the in the uh, kitchen, and we're praying for her to have a, you know, get feel a touch from God. And she, like, opens her eyes. And we turned around. She's like, oh, my God, I thought I felt a touch from God, but it wasn't. It was Levi, her little brother. <laughs> and I was like, hey, girl, whatever way God's got to touch you, if he's got to use Levi to touch you, he touched you. So don't try to take away from it because nobody told Levi to come into that room and touch you. So, um, you know, those are the moments where I feel like yeah. through her obedience, God touched her through her brother and things like that. So, you know. Uh, like I said, continue to just be honest, be truthful, and you will see God unlock so many things in your life because he, because you are faithful. He can trust you with a little, so he will trust you with a lot. So good, so good. Man, things are going by so fast. There's so much to say, and we're still on just barely the first part. Um, uh, so well, let me go back to this. We're going to move on in just a second. But before I do, I have to, because I have this in my notes. My wife mentioned John 8, 44, how... For he, the devil, is a liar and the father of all lies. Now, I want to ask you a question, okay? Don't be, you know, in that, you know just, just a question. How are children produced, right? <laughs> You're like laughing right now. Why is he asking that question? Well, children are produced through the union of a man and a woman. And as the children come and are produced, those children refer to that man and woman as the father and the mother, so that's the titles they get, you know, when they produce children. I got three children. I have the title of a, of a father and my wife being the mother. Now, the Bible references the devil as the father of lies. The father of lies is children are lies. That's what the Bible references that, okay? So the, the implication is, is that. Um, but in order for him to produce lies, that means there has to be a mother, Okay, there has to be a mother. So who is the mother that is producing the lies with the devil? I know you guys are wondering this because I was wondering this and, and I love it. And I wish I could take full credit from this. But this was a teaching I learned years ago and I am get to share it with you. Now the mother to, 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 to the lie is the mind. It's the mind. When you allow your mind to believe what the devil is saying to you, then it will produce the lies that come out of your mouth. Because you don't say what you don't believe. You don't just, just uh, I believe this uh, and keep it in your head. No, you, you let people know about what you, you feel strongly about. You know, you see it all over social media about right now. People be talking about so many things right now with the COVID, the mass, the, the injustice, all these different things going on. People are, are sharing what they believe strongly. Yeah, and, 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 and I make that to make the point that you don't believe, you know, you don't believe what you believe and keep it inside of you. You know, you let it loose. But there is a danger 
there's a danger when we start to believe what the enemy is telling us and we start to produce a lie, you know, because of what we're believing in our mind. Okay? The devil has been around for quite some time and he's not dumb. He's, he's very crafty. He's very cunning. He's smart. He comes at you in the same ways. I'm sure many of you have probably prayed about mind battles in your life. I know I have and I do. Um, so I know if I have and, and I do that you probably have as well. And a lot of those mind battles are because there's certain things that are just coming to my mind. Like, why is that even in my head? You know, why do I even think that about myself? What, like, who put that there? Yeah. It's because the devil is trying to put something there so it produces a lie in your life so that you, uh, you become the mother of that lie and allow it to come out of your mouth. So that, that is why. But this, so let me help you. This is what you have to do to avoid all these things. And my wife already just kind of alluded to it already, but I'm going to give you the scripture for it. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what do you do when the enemy comes and tries to, you know, the father of lies tries to make you the, your mind the mother of that lie? Well, you take hold of that thought and you bring it under, to, under subjection to the word of God. Take it captive. Come on. And like my wife said, you combat it with the word of God. You got to know what this word says about you. Because if you don't, when you spout out lies, lying hurts people. That's just the bottom line. It hurts people. And one of the worst people that you can hurt is yourself because lying will hurt you too. Yeah. And let me just encourage you right now. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that, uh, that, that for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. So that, that is all of you encompassed right now. You look through the word, it's going to show things that are going to add value to that scripture. Okay, there's plans for you. There's purpose for you. We learn about this in Growth Track as well. So if you want to learn more about it, sign up for the next Growth Track. I know we got the starting point coming up with Pastor Josiah, but the thing that precedes starting point is Growth Track where you can grow in your walk with God. And we talk about these plans. The Bible has a plan for you. We have a plan for you as a church. And we want you to understand because we do not want you to be lied to. And we don't want you to be producing any other type of lie that the, dem that the enemy, the devil's trying to, trying to make you produce. We want to know who you are in Christ, and there's a purpose and a plan. The worst, one of the worst people that you can, you can uh, uh, hurt, one of the people that you can hurt the worst is you yourself, and we don't want you to get hurt because hurt people hurt, hurt people. people. Come on, somebody. That's so good. Now, all right, now we can move on. All right, Ephesians 4.25, okay? Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another, okay, of one another. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so we were earlier back uh, a little while ago, <laughs> we were just talking about lies and truth. And then, you know, the truth will set you free. Bottom line is that's what the truth does. The truth will set you free. And like I said earlier, you know, it says in John 14, 6, that I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, I feel like you know, we're beating down this word lying, you know, but I think because it just, it, it hits so many different aspects of our life, right? Being one lied to, to be in the liar, and three things that have, have consumed us that have been spoken and, and lie and the devil lying to us. So there's just so many different aspects that, 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 that lying entails. And I think that's why we're really trying to, to break this, this down because I do, I believe lying is an epidemic because the level, the oh, devil yeah. just 
just loves to lie to us, you know? And like he said, we have to take captive every thought. And how do you take captive every thought is by knowing truth. And one of the things that I was, that somebody spoke to me recently, and it's just resonated with me ever since they said, they said, is that, are you speaking from hurt Tina or healed Tina? Mm, that's good. And so when things come over my mind, I'm like, no, I'm healed from that. This is healed Tina. So when things come up, I'm not like, you know, I'm like, no, I am healed of that. I have been healed by his blood. I am healed. That's what it says in the word. And so, no, I am not in that anymore. I have come out of so that good. season. Yeah. I am renewed. I am refreshed. I am a new woman. And I am not going to keep picking off scabs that are no longer there. There, you know, because like we we like to pick off scabs. Sometimes we're healed and we kind of keep on picking, you know, <laughs> and it's like, stop picking. I had to tell somebody told me the other day, Tina, stop picking off the scabs. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I don't know why I want to go there, but stop going there. Take captive your thought. I am healed. And tell yourself right now, I am healed in the I name of healed. Jesus. Because if you're coming from a hurt place, you are staying hurt who do not stay in the place of hurt because you are healed and stop speaking that I'm hurt I'm hurt well get over it stop staying in a, in a place of hurt and start staying go in a place of healed and stop saying those things over your life because words have the power to give life-giving water life-giving water and yep. if you know that you can speak that Stop saying lies and stop letting people say lies about your children. Stop letting them speak things over them. Your word, your voice is louder in their lives and your, your words need to be more present in their life than anybody else's. Right. And especially right now. One time, our son was, uh, he wanted to play, what, I think, Call of Duty or something. Yeah, and he was like, like you know, I got to have a conversation. I think he was like 12 or 13. So we were like like laughing about this. Like he took us to the room and everything. I was like, what's going on? I didn't know what it was, you know, but I was like super nervous. And he says, you know, I want to know if I can like play Call of Duty. And I was like, uh, hell no. Let me see the box, you know. So I'm looking at the box. I'm like, it says rated 17. You are not 17, you know. And so he was like, I know, but why? And I was like, because on here it says you will get bad dreams that you may encounter uh, uh, um, some kind of trauma or whatever. This is what it says. I'm here to tell you, son, that I'm here to protect you, that you have a call over your life. You are anointed. And the only thing that you're going to dream about, it's not trauma. It's not girls in bikinis. It's not call of duty. You are going to be having visions. God's going to speak to you in your dreams. God's going to give you revelation in your dreams. And it is my job. It is our job to protect the anointing in your life. I know you think this is what you want right now, but this is not for you, son. And it is my job as your, as your mother to speak into your life and guard your heart and guard words. I don't know what they're saying in Call of Duty. They're probably not even saying anything. They're just shooting. But anyways, so at that time, I was like, it was those words that I spoke over my son. And I was really expecting like a reaction like, oh, gosh, you know, why not me? And in that moment, a 12-year-old boy got that revelation and understood because of the words, the power, because our words have power. And it was truth. I want to tell you that conversation was all truth. 
and it was all Holy Spirit led because I didn't, I didn't like, because I didn't even know we're having that conversation, you know? And so he understood that and he walked away and he didn't play Call of Duty for a while, you know? But, but anyways, I just want to encourage you, like your words do, they bring life, everlasting water. I know we remember people say like some negative things, but about us and those words resonate with us, you know, but, but I choose to erase those words and, and remember what, what God's word says about me, Mm -hmm. because how I feel and what I'm, if I'm an insecure mom, I'm going to raise an insecure daughter and that's, I don't want that. And how do I, how do I prevent myself from doing that? I got to speak the word of God. Mm-hmm. I got to speak truth over her. If we want men of God, how do we, what do we speak over them? Tell them what you speak to our, our, our sons. I tell them they're anointed, they're appointed, they're men of God, men of destiny, men of purpose. God has a, a call in their life. They're meant to change the world. They're men of influence. They're men, men that are going to be used in mighty and great way because that is God, how God chooses to use them. That's what I tell them. I'm telling those things. I speak those things. And I think those conversations um, of truth are, work so well with our, our, our children because it's not just truth. The Bible says that for the law was given through Moses, this is John 1:17. but grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. Without that grace, sometimes it's hard to receive the truth. So with that truth that we give them, you know, we do it with the grace because how you present the truth is just as important as you sharing it. Yes, yes. So you can't just share truth and not put any grace behind it or give any grace to it because then it will not be received as, 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 as you would like it. No matter how truthful it is, how honest it is, how amazing and powerful it is, if there is no grace behind your truth, then you're working against yourself. Right. We are to present it with grace and truth, and, uh, and I know as parents, sometimes it's tough because you started talking about our kids, so, you know, let's just talk about parenting. It's tough sometimes. You're, like, frustrated, and you're like, man, I just want to give you the truth right now. And then <laughs> you forget about the grace sometimes, but um, I know there are moments where I have forgotten about the grace, but at the, on the tail end, I, I remember, you know, who I am and what God's called me to be as their father, and I'll come in with the grace. But it's always important that we give that grace and truth, and this is not just for a fa- family relationship, any relationship, friendship boss relationship, you know, employee relationship, whatever it may be, grace and truth. It's important not only that you present the truth but, but, or that you share the truth, but also how you present it. Bring that grace with that truth. I didn't want to, I know we're going a little bit maybe longer than we need to right now, but, but I wanted to get into these next scriptures because these are very important scriptures that I just want to share with you. We had a conversation about this this past weekend, and I believe that it was no coincidence that we had this conversation because God was setting us up for tonight. So let's jump into Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. It says, be angry and do not sin. Raise your hand if sometimes you get angry. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) You can put that raising hand emoji right there. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, I want to set some of you free because some of you think like, man, being angry. I hate myself being angry. The Bible says be angry. So what does that tell us? It's okay to be angry. Don't worry about it. It's okay to be angry. You're you're fine. The, The Bible says it. The scripture says it. So do, but it says, do not let sin take place through your anger. 
okay? Now there's a difference here, okay? So don't allow sin to come through your anger because once you do that, now you're in the wrong place. Now you're in a holy place. Now you're in a place where you now need to start asking for forgiveness and God's grace or maybe even God's mercy because there's some things that maybe need to come our way when we sin our anger, but we need to ask for God's mercy. But, but you never want to put yourself in a position where you're sinning in your anger. It's okay to be angry. Now, when God created us in his image, he created us distinctly and uniquely, but we all have a common, a common, uh, something in common. We all have a common thread within us, and that is our emotional makeup. We all have emotions. There's not one person on this earth that does not have emotions. Some of us are, have maybe, you know, walls around our emotions, but, and, and maybe we come off a little bit hard because we put our emotions behind us, but, but. We all have emotions. Once those walls down, those emotions come, come flooding through. Now, one of the emotions that God created us in the image of was, was also anger. God, he got angry in the Bible. He got angry in the Bible. He got emotional with those things, but he's God. So, you know, he, was, he's, he doesn't have sin. So there's nothing that he, that he can do to, to sin in his anger. His anger was holy. His anger was righteous. His, hang, his anger was was. was okay to have this tells me this and this always gives me hope if he can if if we are made in his image he's given us the the emotional uh, uh, being of anger that we have within ourselves then there are certain things about ourselves in anger that that we don't always have to uh, step into such as that lead into sin or making a mistake or saying the wrong thing because God gave us his image. Yes, we're broken and we're imperfect, but God still gave us his image. So there are moments where we can be uh, angry, but righteous in our anger, in right standing with our anger. We don't have to, we don't have to sin through our anger, okay? God never did that. He never stayed in a place of anger that committed sin because he is God. So that tells me when it comes to anger, it's not about how you start, but it's how you finish. So you may start angry, and that's okay, because the Bible says be angry. And I love it because Ephesians chapter 4 is, is talking about us as the new man as, and as us being in unity as the body of Christ. So he's talking about how you were to handle relationships with one another, people in the church, brothers and sisters of Christ, in your families. He's talking about all that. This is what it's referencing, those things. It's not just for the person on the streets or at Starbucks that maybe they, they, they did your coffee wrong. No, 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 no. It's talking about at home right now, your relationships, close relationships. There are moments where you in your relationships will get angry. You will debate, healthy debates, but you don't have to sit in that. You may start angry, but you don't have to end there, okay? Because God has given you a way out. He's given you a way out. Now, now, this is another thing I want to share with you because it says, um, you know, uh, did I actually read that? Yes, I did. Give me a second here. Nor give flakes. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Uh, do not let the sun go down in your wrath. That speaks of two things here, okay? A lot of people think, or not think, because the Bible says it, so it is, but it also, uh, uh, also signifies a second thing. So do not let the sun go down in your anger which is very helpful, very truthful. There are moments where like, we get angry at night, but we don't want to let it go down, you know, <laughs> you know and uh, we, we, we want to make sure we resolve it. That is a beautiful principle to follow, continue to follow it. 
But for some of us who make mistakes like myself, sometimes I do go to sleep angry, <laughs> calling myself out. And, and sometimes I used, I used, there are times where I used to beat myself up, beat myself up like, oh man, I, I went to bed angry and I ended up beating myself up and, you know, and, and, and lying to myself like, oh, I can't fix this because I let the sun go down because the Bible says. Now, this speaks of physical, but there's also a, another implication, and that speaks of timeline. The sun going down speaks of timeline. So there is a time when you're angry, and sometimes you don't get it resolved in, in that time, in the day and night. But there's still time to get it resolved. So the next morning, if you were like me, waking up, beating yourself up, all you had to do was like, no, I can still get this resolved. You can still get this resolved. Because, because you do not want to let the sun go down in anger. And when the sun goes down on your anger, this is what happens. You will sin or you will ignore it. And if you ignore it and sweep it under the rug, as many times as you sweep it under the rug, the pile is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and you're going to trip right over it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Remember what I said in the beginning. Paul's teaching us to renew our mind and how we come into tense situations or into crucial conversations because a lot of these, these things, these moments, they happen because of conversations, crucial conversations. Some of you have been avoiding conversations because you know where it might lead. Maybe somebody, your, your spouse might get angry. Your son or your daughter might get angry. You might get angry, but do not avoid them because those very conversations are the very thing that's going to be breakthrough in your relationship, in your family, and in your home. Take on those crucial conversations. Take on those tense situations, knowing that the Word of God is for you and that it has equipped you to know that it's okay to be angry, but I'm not going to sin in my anger. I'm not going to do something or say something that, that I don't want to come out because that's not what exactly what I mean and I don't want to bring the other person down. The Word is here for you. It's okay to be angry, but don't sin in your anger. You, it's it's. It's, how you, it's not about how you start, but it's how you finish. It's how you finish. You may start angry, but you don't have to end there, nor give place to the devil. That's what the Bible says in here too. The word place in the Greek means topos, meaning opportunity. So when you get angry and you sin in your anger, you give an opportunity for the enemy, the devil, to come into your life. 1 Peter 5.8 5, says, be alert. And of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The devil is opportunistic. And when he sees an angry Christian <laughs> or an angry somebody, he's going to look for the opportunity to pounce. Are they going to sin in their anger? Are they going to say what they're going to say? And a lie is going to come out of their mouth because I'm going to pounce on it right then and there. I'm going to bring them down right then and there. Do not give the enemy opportunity to get into your life, to get into your home, to get into to your relationships, to get into your workplace. Do not allow that to happen. Do not allow that to take place. Yes, amen. That is good. You're fired up. When we're going off of that, you know, um, I wrote here, anger is not a destination. It's a bypass because it's something you go through. It's not a destination you want to stay at. Just because he said that very thing, that in that last part in, in uh, verse 27, it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. You know, because when we, some people want to stay angry. They're like, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm just going to stay here. 
I'm going to hold a grudge forever. I don't care. I'm not going to restore that relationship. I'm angry. I'm angry. They hurt me, and I'm going to stay angry. But when you stay angry, you are giving the devil a foothold. I cannot stay angry. Ask him. I try. I used to try to stay angry, which I don't know why. But I used to be like, I'm going to be angry, and that's it. He got me so mad, and I'm going to stay here. But I hated being there. And I was like, I am not staying in this place of anger. And I'm so glad that I didn't because it gives the devil a foothold. Because when I'm angry, it brings division. It brings division in our relationship. It brings the vision with my kids. Imagine I come home to and I'm angry and I'm yelling at everybody. Who wants to be around an angry mom? Who wants to be around an angry wife? Who wants to be around an angry leader or angry co-worker? I'm sure you've been around that person, but do you want to be that person? No, when you're angry, you're giving a dev, uh, the devil a foothold. You're giving him a, a foothold to come in to bring division. You're giving him a, a foothold to bring in a bitterness and, and more to that because the people that you are, you're giving your anger out on, those people are going to start getting, she's angry. Oh my God, all she is, is angry. I don't like her. It's going to bring so many other things. And I'm telling you, I will not, I will not let the devil have a foothold in my house. And so I have to combat that. And so if you're like, I don't know, I get so angry, you know, and I just don't know what to do with it. Figure out a template for yourself. I know it sounds funny, but sometimes I have to have like um, a rebuttal. Like, okay, I'm getting angry. How am I going to handle this right now? I can either speak negative or I can speak the word of God. <coughs> I'm sorry, I don't have COVID. But anyways, because like, every time somebody coughs, they're like, oh my gosh. So, the, um, so you have the power, you can choose either or. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be ready. I am going to be ready when I get angry or upset. I am going to choose to walk away, have time to myself speak the word of God or put on worship, put on my headphones, walk outside, have a walk. But have you have you decided what to do in your anger? Because I hadn't. I was just like, oh, this is how I do anger and this is how I do it. Like, no, I had to, remind, I had to put up a template of fight on how I'm going to fight anger and not allow it to take over our relationship and bring disunity and things like that in our relationship and other relationships. It's not worth it. I want, I want a God-centered relationship. I don't want anger. I don't want anger in any relationship. I don't want to be angry with you. <laughs> I love you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Come on. That's our Bible study for tonight. And we're talking about lying. We're talking about anger. And I think those are two things. My wife mentioned this is an epidemic. Lying is an epidemic. Anger too. People losing self-control. The Bible talks about having self-control as a fruit of the Spirit. And we can have that, and you can have that. So don't tell yourself that you can't have it. You know, don't tell yourself that this is just me, like it or lump it. No, the Bible tells us that nothing is impossible with God. So that means that you can change. Your heart can change. The anger and how you respond in your anger, that can change. The things that got you angry can change. There are things where I used to get angry at all the time. I don't get angry at those things anymore because those things changed in my life. And I believe they can change for you. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. 
Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.